Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, for the last uh, couple months now, we've been kind of going through the Scripture looking at the whole issue of the Holy Spirit. We've entitled the series, The Forgotten One, because the reality is is that for most of us, we live our lives basically without any awareness of the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in our lives and what is available to us through the Holy Spirit. And, and basically, we've been looking at the whole issue, specifically here in the last couple of weeks, of the relationship that we can have with Him. So we talked about the great relationship we talked about why that relationship is so important when we looked at it last week. Now we're going to talk about how that relationship is expressed in your life. So if you have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be evident in your life. People are going to see that. You're going to see that. And we're going to talk about what that is for you and I. Now the problem is is that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, remember I told you that there's two extremes that we can fall into But I'm going to give you another two things today for us to think about. That there's usually two attitudes that people have, especially Christians have, concerning the Holy Spirit and the relationship that we can have with Him. Two attitudes. The first one is this. We see it as a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. We see the whole issue of having a relationship with God through the person of the Holy Spirit as a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you operate from one of those two extremes, remember I told you what the two extremes are. The one extreme is the experience-oriented crowd. That's the crowd where they're looking for some sort of experience or manifestation. They're looking for what they can get from the Holy Spirit. The other extreme is the extreme where I downplay Him. I develop whole theologies to explain why I don't really need Him into my life today. And if you're operating from one of those two extremes you might come to a place where it's like you can take the relationship or leave it. I don't really need the relationship with him. It's an option. In fact, the next attitude is is that because out of the relationship we're going to see today comes an issue of obedience. For many Christians today, especially in North America, we see obedience as an option. We see... The Holy Spirit speaking to us through His Word, through others, telling us what we need to do in our lives as simply being an option. It's a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. I don't necessarily need to do this today. I don't need to do what you're asking me to do. Because I'm going to guarantee you, especially if you read His Word, for you and I, when we read His Word, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us, and a lot of times what the Holy Spirit is going to tell us is, listen, I'm displeased with this area of your life. You need to do something here. You need to take care of this. You need to adjust this attitude. But the problem is, for you and I, we will look at that and say, well, you know, I, can, I don't necessarily need to do that. Maybe that was bad pizza the night before. Do you know what I'm saying? We, 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 we feel like it's an optional thing. But what we're going to see is, we're going to look at one verse today. We're going to see that if you have a relationship with God, if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, these things aren't optional. 
These things are part of the Christian life. These are part of your new life with God. These are part of the relationship that you have with Him, no matter what extreme you come from. So let's notice what it says. We're just going to look at verse 24. Look at what the writer John says. And he's going to use that word again, abide, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Now, he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this verse, we're going to divide it into two sections. We're going to talk, first of all, about the evidence, the evidence that you have a relationship. And then we're going to talk about the assurance, the assurance that you have the relationship. So we're going to talk about, first of all, the evidence that you have a relationship with God that's going to be evident in your life. And then we're going to talk about the assurance. How do I know for sure? So let's talk about the evidence. Here, notice with me. Look at what he says there. Now, he who keeps my commandments abides in him. Now, the word abide, again, that's a, that's a Bible word. We don't use that in our, in our everyday language. The closest thing I could think of that maybe we would do that is if we're saying we're biding our time. But the word abide means to wait, to remain with, or it also has the connotation of having a relationship with. So when you take what he's saying here, notice what he says. Now, he who keeps his commandments has a relationship in him, and then God has a relationship in him as well. So here's what I want you to see. Obedience is the proof of a relationship. Obedience is the proof of a relationship. Now, you say obedience. What do you mean obedience? Because, you know, I know what obedience is. My mom told me to do stuff, and, and I got in trouble. I got in trouble for being disobedient. What do you mean by obedience here in the Bible? Well, let me tell you what it is and what it is not. Let me start with what it's not. Oftentimes in church, if you've been around a church for a long time, if the church is especially older, if it's been around for a long time, there's a tendency for churches to develop its, their own set of rules. Do you know what I'm talking about? Usually what happens is, is that the preacher comes up with something that he doesn't like, so he tells you not to do it. And we would tell you where not to go to eat, what not to do, what not to do this or whatever. And none of that, these man-made rules, and we know they exist in church, had any foundation in the Bible. Or we could maybe find a verse and make it fit that. But then anybody would sense would look at that and say, well, that's not really what that verse is saying. Well, it doesn't matter. I said it. And so a lot of churches came about with this set of rules that you needed to keep to, in order to be obedient. So I'm not talking about that. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now. I am not talking about that. I'm not talking about how you dress. I'm not talking about where you eat. I'm not talking about any of that. Obedience, as far as what John is talking about here in this passage, has nothing to do with man-made rules. So you say, George, what does it have to do with? Well, obedience has to do with what God says. What his word specifically says. What his word tells you to do. What the Holy Spirit says to you to do in an area. Do you you understand what I'm saying? It's what... God says to do or not to do. That's what the issue of obedience is. 
So what do you mean by that? Well, if, if I'm talking about obedience, I'm talking about the explicit commands where God comes right out and says, don't do this. So, for instance, I'm working on a project. I'm in 1 Thessalonians. I happen to be up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And very specifically it says, and this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. Now, it's very few times in the Bible that it will flat out say what the will of God is. That happens to be one of them. So what's God saying? Don't get involved with sexual immorality. Period. Don't get involved with sexual sin. So that's where it's flat out says for you and I not to be involved. That's a very explicit command. But there are other things where Jesus tells you, like for instance, he might say to me, George, I don't want you doing this because of this in your life. But he doesn't tell you that. So for me, it becomes an issue of obedience because the Holy Spirit's telling me not to do that. But for you, it's not an issue of obedience because the Holy Spirit isn't telling you to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It becomes legalism when I begin to impose that on you. So there are things that the Bible specifically says for all of us not to do. And then there are other areas where it becomes an issue of obedience where the Spirit maybe says to me or to you individually, don't do this in your life. And what John is saying here is, is that if I have the relationship with Him, if I have a relationship with God through the person of the Holy Spirit, an evidence of that, a proof of that relationship, is whether or not I'm going to be obedient to what God says. Either explicitly through His Word, or implicitly through the Holy Spirit telling me. You understand what I'm saying? The issue of obedience is it's a proof. You can't get around it. You say, well, you know, that's just one verse, George. I don't know that I really think that that's really a foundational teaching in the Bible. Actually, it is. What do you mean? If you take this one epistle, he mentions it several times in the epistle about that if you love him, keep his commandments. Well, you say, that's just one epistle. It's in his Gospels. All four Gospels. If you love me, Keep my commandments. Jesus is saying, if you love me, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Bottom line. Obedience is a proof of the relationship. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Obedience is connected to the relationship. Huh? Obedience is connected to the relationship. It's not just a proof. It's connected to it. What do you mean? Well, obedience comes because I have a relationship. The fact that I know that I need to do things comes because I have the relationship, and the relationship tells me, don't do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's connected to it. Without the relationship, it wouldn't be an issue of obedience. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's connected to it. In fact, the third point I want you to see here, and this is how it's connected, is this. The power to obey comes from God. The power to obey comes from God. Why? Remember what he said last week, John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remember, he's using that illustration of a, of a, of a grapevine. He who abides in me, again, there's that word abide, and I in him bears much fruit. And then he says this, it's very important. For without me, you can do nothing. What's he saying there? 
without the relationship, do you see how obedience is connected to the relationship? Without the relationship, without the empowerment of God in my life, I can't do what he's telling me to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't do what he's telling me to do. See, it's an evidence of the relationship, but it also very much tells me, listen to me, that the relationship allows me to be obedient. Now, that will free some of you here. Because some of you are struggling with an issue. And you can't stop. You've tried. You're wrestling. And it seems like it's just one failure after another. You go from one failure after another. One failure after another. But the reality is, is I'm going to tell you something. There is victory. There is the opportunity to overcome because God gives you the opportunity to overcome. And what you need to do is go to Him and seek the power from Him to obey and overcome it. Get in His Word. What do you mean? Proverbs tells us a man will fall down, but a righteous man will pick himself up and go on. He's not defeated by it. The power to obey comes from God. Do you understand? You don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to do it. Have you ever noticed that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, if you're like tempted with chocolate, or somebody, I mean, it is Valentine's season, isn't it? And let's say we had a whole bunch of the hearts and they're all opened up and we've got this big mound of chocolate here. Okay. And, I, and I said, you can come take any as you want throughout the service. Now, some of you are not going to be at all tempted by that. Some of you are going to say, I can't, I'm going to diet. I can't. And even though you say that to yourself, all the time, I can't, I shouldn't, you're going to eventually find yourself coming up here, I'll just take one. Right? Isn't that how we are? Because in and of ourselves, we don't have the strength. But he gives us the strength. The power to obey comes from God. Now let's just stop for a moment. Do you see why that relationship's so important? But here's the thing. How do I know I have that relationship? I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm not going to give up. Because here's the thing. It's not going to be perfect obedience. He already knows that. Why? Because just a little bit earlier in this same epistle, John, 1 John chapter 2, my little children, I run into you that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an advocate. Jesus Christ, who is what? The propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? The wrath satisfier. He's already satisfied God's wrath. So pick yourself up and move on and do what he's telling you to do. That's the message for you and I. The relationship is expressed by obedience. And again, not obedience to what some guy made up, some man-made rules, you know what I'm saying? I want everybody here next week wearing a blue shirt to show your spirituality. No, it's what he says in the Word, and what He tells you specifically. And for some of you, you know what He's telling you, and you're ignoring Him. And that's when Paul gets into words like, don't quench the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Because it's a relationship. Here's the other thing I want you to see, the assurance of that. How do I know that I have that relationship, George? How's that relationship expressed in my life? Well, look at what he says, the last part of it here, and here's how we can know the assurance of that relationship. And by this we know that he abides in us. Okay, again, that word abide. By this we know that we have that relationship with him. Look at what it says. By the Spirit 
whom he has given us. So here's what I want you to see. A few things here. Number one, the relationship is confirmed by the Spirit. So you want to have that relationship with him, but the Spirit then turns around and he confirms the relationship. Do you know, know what I'm saying? I think we all understand that. You might be saying, well, I'm a little confused right now. What do you mean by that? Well, let me help you to understand a little bit, okay? Okay, so I, I've got my, my lady down here. We're almost going to be married now 20 years. And if we never talk to each other, she doesn't even grunt at me to acknowledge my presence. She walks into a room and totally ignores me. How am I going to feel about that relationship? I'm going to feel like, boy, things are doing okay in our relationship. Things are great. Woo! Am I going to feel that way? I'm going to be pretty insecure. She knows that. In fact, I'm going to be chasing, I'm going to be walking, I'm going to be driving her nuts because I'm going to be following after her, trying to figure out, do you still love me? Isn't that right? Yep. I'm going to be driving her crazy because I want affirmation about the relationship. Aren't we like that? Now, you may not be to the extreme that I am where I'm following after her all day long. You may not be to that extreme. You might be somewhat more reserved. But on the inside, you're a mess. But the reality is this. You need assurance and affirmation about the relationship, don't you? Right? I mean, we understand that humanly. It's no different in the relationship with God. In that relationship with him, John is very clearly saying, yeah, you evidence it by your obedience, but there's something else you need to understand about that relationship being expressed. That relationship is expressed to you because the Holy Spirit confirms to you that you're in that relationship. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit confirms that. In fact, the next point I want you to see is, is that the Spirit is given to believers. He says that right there in that passage. I mean, think about it. Isn't that what Jesus said? Remember when we looked at the promises in John? I'm going away, but I'm sending you another. And this is why the King James would translate it comforter. He gives us the Holy Spirit, not just to come alongside of us, not just to help us, but to bring comfort to us, to let us know that we belong to God. That we have a relationship with Him. Isn't that awesome? Because when you go through the junk of this life and stuff happens, and stuff happens, doesn't it, folks? And stuff happens out of the blue and you don't even know why it happened. And you go through the junk of this life, there are times when you're going to begin to wonder, God, do you even love me anymore? God, are you there for me? God, do you even know what's happening in my life? And and you're going to feel alone, and you're going to feel... Desperate? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You don't need to raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's that sense in which there's this peace. Why am I peaceful? Why do I have this sense that it's going to be okay? Where did this strength come from? The Holy Spirit. Because he was given to us. He's the comforter. He comes alongside of us. Isn't that awesome? I mean, the Holy Spirit confirms the relationship, and the Holy Spirit was given to us. And here's what he says. The Spirit's presence brings the assurance. The Spirit's presence 
brings the assurance. Listen to what the, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let me say that again. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Isn't that awesome? He gives us assurance. See, yes, the relationship is expressed by my obedience, but there's also something that happens there internally where God's Holy Spirit gives you assurance and says, yeah, you're my child. You belong to me. That's awesome. Now do you see why it's so important for us to have this relationship? Now do you see why it's, we've got to get away from this mentality where we think, oh, I can just take it or leave it and I'm just going with my life? Folks, if you take that attitude, it's not going to be very long before you realize that you can't go on in this life without somebody else. Do you realize that? It's not an option. You need him. You need him. But for so many of us, whether we're in one of those two extremes or whatever, we just live our lives without any, any understanding or any knowledge of what he's doing in our life. And we need him. You say, okay, George, how do we, how do we bring this verse and we, we, we apply it to our lives? Well, I'm going to give you a few thoughts here in closing. Let me ask you two questions, first of all. Here's the first one. What is your attitude about the relationship? You know what? Did you write that down? Don't answer it immediately. You can. You maybe already have an immediate answer. That's fine. But this is the kind of question you've got you to chew on a while. This is the kind of question that you have to digest in your heart and mind for a little bit. This is the kind of question that maybe should linger for a week. And that's where you've got to ask yourself, man, what do I really think about the relationship that I can have with God through the person of the Holy Spirit? What do I think about that? Or have I, like we, we talked about earlier in Sunday school, compartmentalized. Well, you know, that's just my church hat over here, my church compartment. You know, if you, if you think of a chest of drawers, you know, I have a chest of drawers, and, I, you know, I got my sock drawer, then I got my underwear drawer, and then I got my T-shirt drawer, and then I got my jean drawer, and then I got my grubby jean drawer. You know what I'm saying? So we got compartmental, you know. And we do that. We got our church drawer, we got our work drawer, our family drawer, our friend drawer, and then our alone drawer. Do, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? And we've got these different compartments. And so oftentimes when we think about the relationship, we think of it in terms of what compartment that is in my life. No, no, you don't, you don't understand. If you're going to have a relationship with God, God wants to have a relationship with all of you, not just part of you. So you've got to ask yourself the question, what's your attitude about the relationship with him? Here's the second question. What does your life say about your faith? You know, I mean, if you want to write this down beside, talk is cheap. If you want to write that down, you can write that as a sub-note there. Talk is cheap. What, what, is, what does your life say about what you believe? What, is, what does your life say about what, you know, say, I, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Okay, fine. But what does your life say? Because remember now, obedience is what? It's proof of the relationship. 
Obedience is proof. Are you doing what he tells you to do? Again, not what some other dude told you to do. Are you doing what he told you to do in the Word of God? Are you doing what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do? What does your life say about what you believe? What does your life say about your faith? I mean, because we've met a lot of folks who say, I love Jesus, and two minutes later cursing somebody out. I mean, I mean, I've been a pastor for a long time now. I have been with people and be praising Jesus in a service and an hour later at the restaurant fuss out a waitress because she didn't fill the tea quick enough. Do you know what I'm saying? What does that say? What does your life say about what you believe? So here's what you got to do. Here's the action point for this week. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to obey. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to obey. Well, what, what am I supposed to obey him in? Well, you don't need to ask that question because he's probably already telling you. You know what I mean? For each and every one of us here, if you're walking with God, or if you have any kind of relationship with Him, I can always guarantee you that God is already saying to you, this is an area that you need to adjust. This is an attitude that needs to be adjusted. This is an action that needs to be adjusted. You need to not treat this person in your life this way. I mean, I can already guarantee you the Holy Spirit's telling you something to do. I don't know what it is. You do. I tell you, I'm not going to tell you what he's telling me to do. But he's telling me to do something. And what we need to do this week is we already know that the God, God's Word is telling us things. The Holy Spirit is telling us things. And if obedience is a proof of the relationship, then I'm going to go to him because I know the relationship is connected to my obedience. I'm going to say to him, Lord, I can't do it without you. You want me to change this, Lord. You want me to deal with this issue in my life. You know I can't do it without you. Holy Spirit, empower me to do what you're telling me to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's pretty simple, isn't it? But it's tough. Because it's going to require something from us. What do you mean? It's going to require us acknowledging that he told us to do something and we haven't been doing it. That just strikes at the heart of my pride. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing all right. But the reality is, is I'm not. And he's telling me what I need to do. He's telling you what you need to do. So let's ask him to empower us. And watch the difference. Watch the difference. You understand? This is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Because it's nice to come in here and hear some nice flowery principles and, and, and get some nice flowery concepts. But the reality is, is we've got to do something with it, isn't it? Because if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, it's an issue of obedience. So you better ask him. I see what you're telling me. I know what you're telling me. But I need you to help me to do it. 
Give me the power to do it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.